Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. I would like to welcome a new sponsor of the show, PetFlow.com. PetFlow.com is the most convenient place on the web to buy pet food with free shipping and scheduled auto delivery. No more trips to the store. PetFlow.com features more than 100 health-conscious pet supply brands for customers to choose from. Tired of always forgetting to pick up your pet's food or adding a 30-pound bag to your shopping cart when doing your food shopping? Do you hate lugging that huge bag over your back and making a special trip out of the house for your pet's food? If so, go to www.petflow.com and type in the promo code BESTFRIEND and start saving time and money today. They offer you a very convenient way to schedule your pet's food and have it shipped right to your door. Make sure to visit petflow.com and use my promo code BESTFRIEND every day because they do daily doorbusters with prices as low as a penny. Give petflow.com a try today and get 20% off your pet's favorite food and more. Once again, that's PetFlow.com and use the promo code BESTFRIEND to start saving money and time, which we all could use. everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with today's guest, Sarah Colonna. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. So I have known about you for a while. I think most people probably know you best from Chelsea Lately. Probably. Yeah. And after Lately. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and maybe some people who watch bad hidden camera shows a few years ago called Scare Tactics. That's that right. <laughs> and you wrote a book, Life as I Blow It. Yes. Which came out in... It came out in February of 2012. Number okay. five on the New York Times bestseller. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, I debuted at that. It was pretty exciting. That must have felt really good. It did feel good. I cried. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, it was exciting. I didn't... I mean, they kept telling me, you know, they know, I guess, like you're you know, book agent and stuff and the publisher kind of have an idea that it's going to be on there based on what they can see, Mm -hmm. but they don't have an idea of what. And so I didn't expect it to be five. And I, so I was super excited. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That was nice. What made you want to write a book? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Once I started doing it, I was like, what have I gotten myself into? But I had always wanted to write one. I had sort of an idea. And then actually it was a book agent that contacted me, just emailed me. And he said, I see you on the show. And I know if some other people have written books and comedians are written, like writing books and blah, blah, blah. Do you want to try it? And um, that was just like the one. I was like, oh, someone's interested. That's all I needed. Because mm-hmm. it feels like at first it kind of feels like it feels really narcissistic to feel to think you can write a book. Because then you think, well, why does anybody care 
what I have to, you know? Yeah. But then I really like to read. So I thought, well, if other authors <laughs> were like that, then I guess I would never have anything to read. So I don't know. You have to got to get past that moment of going, why does anybody want to listen to me? Yeah, really. When you think about it, the library is full of people who thought that someone wanted to read their words. <laughs> exactly. That's true. So then I just, I just finished another one. I just turned it in and then it'll be out in March. But, oh, that is very exciting. Yeah. Um, out in March. So of, yeah, of almost. Yeah. yeah. What's that one about? Um, it's about, it's called, has anyone seen my pants? And it's, <laughs> my titles are really stupid. I'm like, damn it. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about, um, it's like about basically finally sort of having your career together and then how hard it is to have a personal life. I mean, I know you just said you got married mm-hmm. so recently, right? Yeah. So, and didn't you find it hard to find someone that would put up with what you do? <laughs> Yes. In a way. Not only the traveling, the the hours, everything. I don't really mean, you know, the career itself, but Right. Yeah. Um I Well, I mean, I'm not a stand-up, so I'm not in cl- clubs all the time. I do a lot of live shows with Adam Carolla and right. I've done my podcast live but that's as well. A lot of traveling and it stuff is, for you. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um and just in terms of actual schedule i work in the evenings and he works in the day so i feel like we hardly ever and then i work sunday to thursday and he works like a normal human week right so there's a lot of us feeling like we don't actually see each other like a normal couple would but that's kind of good well it's (laughs) not there are good parts of it yeah. yeah i mean i think it's better to be wishing you spent more time with the person than to be like oh you again right I just think, I guess I just had a harder time meeting people because I might, you know, when you're traveling all the time and doing stuff, it's like, well, who are you going to meet? You're not really, you know, you already work with the people you're working with and you're not right. necessarily looking to, you know, meet anybody when you're just traveling for, <laughs> for a night and past that. So I just felt, anyway, so it just sort of came to this idea of like, can you sort of balance everything to have, and even with friends too. It was, you know, when I was doing my book tour, it was hard to see my friends and stuff, but I don't really want it to be about the job itself because I don't think that's as interesting as just sort of the struggle of being like, okay, now I'm sort of grown up and in my 30s and I sort of have my shit together, kind of, but then how do how do you get a personal life out of it? So. Well, that's my struggle constantly. Yeah. And I'm beginning to feel like, <laughs> is is it getting old? Because I'm, I'm no longer on the brink anymore. Like, no, I'm old. I'm an adult. <laughs> I am a real adult now. And how long, you know, am I ever really going to feel like one? And when does that happen? Um, but yeah, that, that question, which it sounds like your book deals with, or I don't want to put words in your mouth, but does your book deal, is is the question like how to have a balanced life? Because that's yes. something I think about all the time. Absolutely. That's actually one of the first, in the first few paragraphs, that's exactly what I say. Like, is there ever a way to find the balance? Because it's really, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I mean, I grew up in the South. I grew up in a small town in Arkansas. So everybody, you know, where I come from, it's like, pretty basically laid out what you do you know Mm -hmm. you you get married and then you probably figure out your job and then you know you have kids and then or you don't have a career really or you have both but it's you know the very 90 like more just a much more traditional obviously so i'm not following that mold at all but it was laid out in front of me so i'm kind of like uh (laughs) i'm trying to figure it out as i go um, but so you grew up in Arkansas, but you were born in Germany, right? Yeah, I was born there. My dad was in the Air Force. So okay. um, I don't really remember. I, was like, I think we were there for like two and a half years. So I don't remember much of it. Although mm-hmm. my mom always tells me my mom's like this very conservative, you know, Southern woman now. And she she and my dad split up when I was like five. But she always tells me these stories about how she's like, oh, yeah, when we lived in Germany, I would just always go over when your dad was working. I would just go over to this local bar and they just hand me Jägermeister because that's what they <laughs> 
And I was like, wait, what? Like, that's <laughs> just a normal, that's, she's like, yeah, it's just like what they sip. Like, that's what got me into trouble in college. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's why used, she used to yell at me when I was in college was Jägermeister. And I guess she doesn't know that. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. What was growing up in Arkansas like? Um, it was fun. It was fun. I like grew up such a small town. It's like we would drive, you know, we would find a place to hang out like a creek, um, until the cops figured out where that was and, or a bridge. Um, and we would name it, you know, the creek or the bridge. We weren't very creative. (laughs) And, And so that would be like what you did on the weekends, the power lines, which seems, I don't know if that was very safe, but we hung out by some power lines. Um, and everybody Sounds was just, real outdoorsy. It was very outdoorsy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we did in the winter. I guess we didn't go out. <laughs> um, but it was fun. It was. I mean, I graduated with like seventy-five people in my class, so it was really small. Um, but I grew up coming out here every summer because my dad lived out here. Mm-hmm. So I sort of not that I had a feel for what it would be like to live here alone because I was a kid, you know, coming out to see my dad. But I just knew I really liked California. I was like, oh, I like it there. <laughs> it's so sunny. Was it hard when your parents split up? Um. I don't know. I think, I mean, I know it must have been. And even my dad, actually, we were talking about this last weekend, I think. And because he was like, well, no, you had a hard time with it for a while. Because I always say, I think they did the best thing because they're they're such different people. I can't, when I hear people stay together for the kids, I think that's, I don't know. The kids probably knew. They know. (laughs) Yeah, they know. And then it feels more, it just feels like then you don't think that, you know, marriage works necessarily. I mean, even though a divorce obviously is not a marriage working, but it seems like, well, if they just sit in it, then you go, okay, and you know when to call it quits and you know that you don't have to be stuck in an unhappy marriage. So I'm glad they did. And they're both very happy now. My dad, my dad got married four times. It took him a little while to figure it out after that. Um, but now he's been with my stepmom since 96 or something. So I think she's the winner. Uh, <laughs> she's stuck around the longest. But um, yeah, it was hard when I was little. I remember being hard when I was, you know, it was like five and it happened. But then after that, after a few years, I just saw that I was like, oh, they're both so much happier. This is better. Mm-hmm. And I got like extra Christmas presents. <laughs> that's um, that's really, I feel like that's really mature for you at a young age to be able to recognize that they're happier. Yeah. Well, Maybe I'm just saying that now. I don't know if I was that mature when I was young. <laughs> I hope I was. But no, I think I knew. I, I definitely recognized. I mean, the struggles for sure. It was probably harder on my mom because she, you know, it was my dad was the one that wanted the divorce. And then and he got married pretty quickly after. So, you know, we think there was some crossover there. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure. But then when my mom, when we moved to Arkansas, because she moved there because that's where her family was. We were living in Dallas when they split up. And um so she had, you know, she had two kids and she was a single and she just sort of hadn't counted on that. So she actually, the first job she got when we first moved there was she was a lunch lady at a cafeteria at a school. And I was like so proud of her for getting a job and, you know, she was excited. But then I just remember being like, I'm so glad you didn't get it at my school. But I didn't ever want to say that to her. I don't want to yeah. hurt her feelings, but I was just glad because I just felt like that would be weird. <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. I always wondered what that would be like for um kids whose parents worked at the school like at the school that i went to the music teachers kids went there and i thought to them she's more than just mrs brockman yeah she's mom. yeah that must and, be weird and then you would see how they other kids treat them so good or bad i'm not you know i'm sure there's both because kids can be mean and kids can also be i feel awesome. like lunch ladies always get the brunt of it i know i don't know that's my sense i know that's what i feel like too i mean and maybe that's just in our heads and maybe it would have been fine and but in our schools yeah <laughs> and and also definitely happens <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was glad she didn't. And then after that, she started. She's been working at a funeral home now since like 
I don't know, for over 20, like 25 years. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, she's a secretary at a funeral home. Yeah. It's a weird job. How, um, how much does she have to do with the actual bodies and whatnot? She doesn't really have anything to do with the bodies. It's all the, she does like, you know, she, I think she's just immersed in all the planning and all the, you know, family stuff and bills and I mean, everything basically. She kind of runs it. I mean, I feel like, but she doesn't really deal with the bodies, but she walks right by them every day. It's nothing to her. I remember when I was really little, actually, I went to the dentist once and, and after was right by my mom's work. So afterwards I had to go in and wait for her. Like after school, I went to the dentist and then I waited for her to get off work. So, um, I was in this room where there was a TV and they came by and closed the door, but they didn't say anything. And then I was like, Oh, I needed water, whatever, a Coke or something. So I got up and opened the door and then I no. saw my first body. Yeah. And they'd obviously closed it because they were rolling a casket through. So I saw my first body. It was weird. What would you remember what your reaction was? Yeah, I just slammed the door shut and screamed. Oh. <laughs> it was awful. My poor mom, she's like, oh God, you know. But it was, I mean, I just, it not la- not a long scream. And there was like a quick short one. Mm-hmm. But I closed the door first because I wanted to, I didn't want to scream in her face, the dead lady's face. That's nice. Yeah. Nice respect for the dead <laughs> yeah. or lack of understanding about it. Exactly. <laughs> I think it was more, much more of a lack of understanding. Um, oh, that's so, that's so interesting that your mom works at a funeral home. Does she, what does she say about it? Well, it's so funny because anytime she'll come, you know, like when I was little, I remember when she first got the job and she'd come home and she'd be like, oh, we're so busy. And I'd be like, that means people are dead. That You know, you almost want it to be slow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> But now it's just it was just sort of like second nature to her so much now. But it um, it just makes it just makes her such a kind of a fatalist. It's kind of funny. She just I sent her flowers for Mother's Day, and she was like, she called me and, and I put I sent him to work because I knew she's gonna be gone for the weekend. They were going out of town, and so I call you know I sent him to work, and then she called me and she was like. I got your flowers. I was so surprised. I just thought they were for a dead person. You know, like she sees flowers come in and she doesn't think, oh, those are for me. She yeah. thinks they're for a funeral. So she just is always sort of thinking death. That's funny. <laughs> but so did you have an accent? I did. I had a really strong accent. Did you have to to work to get rid of it? I didn't. I think it just faded. I think I tend. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe because like I was in theater and stuff. Maybe I try. You know, you 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 sort of have an ear where you try to talk like everyone around you, which to a, a fault, by the way. Because sometimes I'll do that. I feel like sometimes I have a weird accent when I talk to like a valet guy. <laughs> like some, sometimes I hear it when I hear. I I never really noticed it before. One time, one of my friends was like, "I think you just had like a Persian accent for a second. Like it didn't make any. It was the weirdest. Is I it just, that? Or is it what my mom gets, which is whenever she speaks to someone with an accent, she over enunciates and speaks slowly, which I know that some people just if you feel like the person can't understand you, you do that. But with my mom, it's like a whole it's a whole separate accent that comes out. No, I think mine's even more offensive. I think it's <laughs> I like trying to do with the, the talk the way they are. And I don't it's I don't know why. I mean, I'm much more conscious of it now. So hopefully I don't do it anymore. <laughs> but but um, I think. Yeah, I, I just kind of faded because I have a friend that came out here at the same time and she has – I mean I think her accent's worse. It's like she's more Southern and I, I don't understand it. She so, doubled down. Yeah, maybe she picked up mine or something. So did you come out here for college? No, I went to college in Arkansas okay. and then I moved out here right after. University of Arkansas? Yeah. There you go. And you majored in? Theater. So you already knew you wanted to entertain? Yeah. Were yeah. you already like? When did you get into it? Um, I mean, I was always doing plays when I was in. Co- I mean, that's what I started doing in college. We didn't really have a drama department in my high school, um, so my entertainment uh, outlet was I was on drill team. Um, I don't. Did they have drill team in? Yes, but I'm wondering what's the difference between drill team and 
pep team and cheer and all Cause that. That's because so we would wear because I feel like some people call it something else because sometimes I get accused of holding a flag and I'm like, no, 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 I never held a flag or a rifle. OK, that's color guard or something. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. either. I mean, not at a high school, but <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, that's true. Um, I we wore like the same outfits of the cheerleaders and we just danced at halftime. I don't know. We were a little sluttier than the cheerleaders. That's all. What I was that called at our school? Was that was it pom pom squad? It we had a, it was a dance. It was dance focused. If if you say the word, I'll know it. I'm, I've been there was, my brain. Well, it was an orcasis. No, because that was the dance team. We we went to the same high school at different oh, times. Okay. Oh wait, I think I am thinking of orcasis. Orcasis was the What's orcasis. I don't know why it was. I don't know what the name orcasis means, but that was the dance. Troop and they did like actual. They put on dance. I'm waving they my wear, arms around. <laughs> this is dancing. They did. did they wear recitals. like full leotards and like things yes. like that. Okay. Yeah, and like we all of a sudden they'd that. be bathed in blue light and and you would be playing and stuff. No, there was. No, but that's there cool. That requires more talent than what I did. I, I think. Th- think there was a pep team. There was cheer and song. I think. There was like the cheerleading squad, and then I think there was some kind of song thing. Oh, they sang though. That's like, but they know. Like I feel pe- like they didn't though. But so maybe that's actually not what it was. It's I don't very know. confusing though. And yeah. so when I say it, I always feel like I have to also explain what it was so that I don't get accused of doing the wrong thing. But how? But <laughs> this was different than cheerleading because you didn't actually do the cheers. We didn't do the cheers. They like the cheerleaders would cheer throughout the game, and then at halftime we did a dance, you know, to some something like a you know. Uh, it takes two or something like that. You know, that <laughs> did you have pom-poms as well? We did. We didn't always use them. I was the captain. Wow. <sighs> big deal. It's a big deal. What were what responsibilities were Meanwhile, involved in when that? You, yeah, when you go to high school with 70 people, I think they just go, someone be the captain. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it required a lot of talent. Um, I don't know. I had to make up, me, myself and the co-captain, we had to make up the dance routines. That's, you were a choreographer. Yes. That's that pretty exciting. so much better to say choreographer. Did you do stuff, and by the way, hugely apparent to probably everyone, I was not on any sort of squad or athletic anything, except for I was on the tennis team for like a month and a half. But anyway. Um, I can't play tennis, so I find that impressive. Well, Okay. <laughs> it was when I was a kid, so um, but even more impressive. But the cheerleading team, I think the way you would find out that you were on the team was you'd be kidnapped in the, in the like the middle of the night and taken to Denny's or something. Well, Just Gary's nodding; he knows about this. Really? Did you guys do anything like that as no. captain? Like, weren't you you know in charge of spirit? I guess. <laughs> I don't think we didn't do that though. That sounds dangerous. It does sounds. I mean, I feel like how. I'm just wondering how that was coordinated. We would do like we had tryouts and then they would have somebody from the um, college. I feel like it was girls from college, like girls that were on the, you know, whatever it was called in college then, probably something different. Mm-hmm. Um, Division one cheer. Yeah. That probably is a thing. Something <laughs> probably is. I feel like they, as, from what I remember, they would come and we would and they would judge us and then they picked the captain, I think. So are you a fan of Bring It On? Um, for all the wrong reasons, probably. Yeah. Which just, are? Just that it's amazing. Just, just that it's perfect in yeah, every that it's way? Yeah, perfect. Okay. It, well, I'll bring it on or Coyote Ugly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's, I could watch Coyote. I've seen Coyote Ugly probably 150 times. Oh, sure. And I could watch it 150 more. Not that they're similar, but another one of my guilty pleasures like that is Drumline. Oh, Drumline. Oh, I've a, never seen that. That's oh, a good it's, one. it's worth checking out. Piper Parabo. Is yes. in okay, Coyote so Ugly. and I'm, she's terrible in it. Like she's a you can't believe. I know she's better now in 
Her, she's on a TV show, and I think she's actually now good at covert affairs. Yeah, I think. or maybe she didn't have a choice but to be bad and Kylie. Uh, I just remember everyone was so bad, but I loved every second of it. I had a weird celebrity run in with her. I think possibly her. I it was my so I have a dog. Uh, when he was a puppy, I was at the vet with him, and he's very cute. I guess all puppies are, but I. I think he's even more cute. So, than I've, just, seen a, I've seen a couple of ugly puppies. You have? Okay. Yeah. He's definitely not one of yeah. them. And I'm pretty sure it was Piper. Let's call her Piper. I, is it Parabo or Parabu? I'm not sure. Anyway. Parabo. Let's go Oh, with that. really? <laughs> no. Parabo. Parabo. Okay. Parabo? I'm pretty sure it was her. She uh, came up and was like, oh, my God, your dog's so cute, Bubba. And then we were having a full-on conversation about dogs and dogs in cars. And she was talking about her fiancé and – and um and his dogs and said da da da, and so anyway then I left and I'm like I'm pretty sure that was her and then I you know looked her up and I'm like yes I'm I'm pretty sure that was that woman so then <clears throat> I don't know why I did this but so then I followed her on Twitter thinking that she would see me following her and be like oh that's that woman or that with that I dog. met with yes. the cute dog oh look she's also and you know in. It performs as I don't know. I don't know what weird fantasy I had. I, can, I understand that. Though. Okay. You assume that they would have. She would have to be like, oh yeah, that's yeah. Her. Well, she's in entertainment. We'll follow her back, and we'll be like Twitter friends. She did follow me back, so I was like, oh, it's working. And then, but then I didn't direct message her like, hey, I think I met you. I have the cute dog. I didn't do that. But then I checked back a little while later, and she wasn't following me anymore. I missed my opportunity. <sighs> yeah, and I was like, and you always wonder, well, what was it? Was it all the tweets about my show or was it was it not enough puppy pictures for you? Maybe maybe it was the puppy. Maybe you needed to put more puppy pictures. I'll say I had a heartbreaking moment like that. Um, John Stamos was following me for a little while. And I have no idea why he was following me. But it seemed like it was on purpose because one time he even replied to me, which basically obviously I made it, you know, I took a screenshot of and saved it. And Good. and then one day he just wasn't following me anymore, and I was like, I, I assume that it's because I tweet too much about baseball. That's How did I you assume. discover that he wasn't following you anymore? I don't remember. I I maybe I went to go maybe because I, I, I was still following him. Oh, I went to respond to something he said, and then I think I just saw on maybe I went to his page to find the tweet because I remember it was something about his dad, like something. It was like a really sweet tweet that he had put out. And so I went to his page to find I was going to respond. And I was like, oh, it doesn't even say follows you anymore. So it could have been months that he hadn't been. I didn't even. It's so re- painful. It was, pa- it was it's a so painful. painful. Celebrities don't do it. You know, I, that Mindy Cohn from Facts of Life. <gasps> yeah. And I am like the world's biggest Facts of Life fan. <sighs> so I discovered that Andy was on Twitter. Mackenzie Aston. Yes. Sean Aston. You know, John Aston, Patty Duke, right? Acting Dynasty. <laughs> so I followed him, and then I somehow by, lo- by looking at his Twitter feed, I found Minnie Cohn. And I followed her, and then she followed me back like right away. I was on cloud nine, but then by the morning, she wasn't following me anymore. But I hadn't tweeted. I hadn't tweeted oh, in that space. I that's mean, and weird. I think maybe she just accidentally followed me back or something. I've done that know. before. If you go on the little, like yeah. the new Twitter app, like, you oh, can what's accident- that? Oops. Yeah, but then you just have to. I say just keep following the person. Right. Don't be mean. Yeah. Well, now you can just mute them. But you know what would make you feel better about John Stamos not following you anymore? Do you have a pet? Um. No, well, I did, but I had to put him down in October. <laughs> so I don't know if this is gonna. Well. Be- <laughs> I feel like it's I time. I pets, though. Okay, great. <laughs> you should probably definitely get a new one. And then if you do, you should sign up 
for petflow.com because then you won't waste your time <coughs> schlepping gigantic bags of food. This couldn't be more awkward. <laughs> I know. Now I feel really bad. I wish I would have no, realized no, no. what when, you were doing. Okay. You're the nicest person in the world that you would feel bad over that. I should feel bad. So let's. I'm just no, going to talk to the people who don't feel, I love pets. I'm going to get a new pet okay. in a month. Then I recommend PetFlow.com <laughs> because they deliver the food that you want for your pet. They have all sorts of different kinds of pet food. They deliver it right to your door uh, and you can schedule it. So we've been talking a lot lately just about how scheduling items to be delivered, items that you're going to need to get over and over, is such a smart thing to do. I don't always do it. I'm that person who will be irritated that I have to go pick something up and it's like I don't have to. I could just schedule it. I could just cut out this annoying extra errand and that's what you can do with PetFlow and then you don't have to do that thing where you're carrying a gigantic bag of food and your hands get all greasy and you smell like food. Um, Anything that just comes to my door is a huge winner for me. Exactly. And PetFlow.com has stuff for dogs and cats in addition to food, they have treats, toys, feeders, leashes, beds, and more. And they do daily doorbusters with prices as cheap as a penny. So you guys can get 20% off your pet's favorite food on your first order if you go to PetFlow.com and use the promo code BESTFRIEND. So again, that's PetFlow.com and use the promo code BESTFRIEND. Okay. So we were talking – all right. So we were talking about celebrities who have for whatever reason decided they're not – Picking up what we're laying down. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, like I, that. It's a little heartbreaking that Mindy Cohen would follow you. I mean, just I just feel like you just have to leave. You just have to keep following the person. You can't. You can't right. take it back. It's too mean. Exactly. Now You're I feel stuck. like I'm just going to go through and check on the ones that I don't. I mean, not that I have that many that follow me, but one of the Real Housewives followed me the other day, and I got pretty excited. I yeah, I occasionally do that thing where I look at you know, there's someone who I who I admire, or think is especially funny, or whatever, and then. I just check to make sure they're still following me. Yeah. I Sometimes think. it takes a second for it, depending on what Twitter thing you use. It takes a second. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, my God. Oh, they saw- oh phew. Yeah. Where it like, takes a second like for <laughs> to the picture to move yes. aside. Yes. Oh, and it's like there's that moment where you're like, they the don't- panic. Oh, yes. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. It didn't happen with John Stamos. He just totally quit following me. I don't. I don't. You know. It's painful. F him. Yeah. And fuck him. Hey, man. A stupid yogurt. <laughs> so Okay. So you... We're doing play. Well, you were on the drill team squad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I never. I can't believe how much time I've spent on that. It's like I must be. I'm about to turn forty in December, so I must be trying to relive Recapture my glory it. days. Yeah. yeah. Well, so um, what, was, that means you must have been popular, right? That's how it worked I at high school. Well, I think. I think that when you go to high school, seventy people, everybody's kind of popular because you don't really have a ton of choices <laughs> of people to hang out with. So. I never experienced like that really. And thank God, because I hear about it like, you know, so like I have a niece and a step niece and then my nephew. And I'm like, when I hear about the stuff that goes on in school, I mean, it terrifies me. I didn't have to deal with any really like groups, anybody being really, you know, snotty to other groups. Mm -hmm. There was like a tiny bit of it. And but on such a small scale that I don't feel like I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that went to high school there that's like everybody was terrible, <laughs> like you know, probably had a, a bad experience. But it, for the most part, everyone was kind of like I said, there's not that many people. So it wasn't that right. cliquish, I guess. Well, that's good. I that's know. Because nice. when I see it or when I hear about it, it's just I can't even I don't know if I would have survived in that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I had really big hair. It was really big. Did you brush it out? I didn't, but I got a perm. <gasps> okay. 
I love this. So you have na- you have naturally curly hair. Yeah, and I put a perm on it. I, I have naturally curly hair, but I get it straightened. But when I was in fifth grade, I desperately, desperately, desperately wanted a perm, and everyone tried to talk me out of it. I remember, I remember being at the hair salon and someone pointing out this woman who had like poodle hair and being like, "That's what it's going to look like." I'm like, "I don't care." But then I got sick, so I had to cancel my appointment. And I just never made my appointment again. Oh, you had a nice divine intervention or something. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. So I it was, didn't happen for me. I was laid out, so I couldn't do it. So what happened? I had a, I look, I look like a poodle. It turned <laughs> into that because I already had curly hair. I, everyone tried to talk me out of it too. And I was like, no, it's not the right kind of curl. And then I got it. And I mean, I looked like a 50 year old woman. I mean, I easily Did you hate it right away. I hated it. And then I tried to brush it out. Like with, I just tried to like, I started mm. crying and I tried to brush it, but oh. you're not supposed to touch it for a certain amount of time. So then I had just like one weird part that was like kind of <laughs> relaxed and the rest of it was, it was, it was bad. I mean, thank God for Aquanet. We, you know, and curling irons. And I spent mm. a lot more time on my hair in those days. Um, but it was bad. It looked bad. I mean, it, I didn't know it looked bad. Well, everyone's hair looked bad back then, actually. Did it? I think through our eyes now. Yeah, it's funny because sometimes, like, my boyfriend will see pictures. I, I, we, I had shown him some photos, something from high school came, and then there was even something because I have plenty of friends here now that, you know, have known me since I moved here, like 21, 22. And I had a really bad hair phase then, too. Like, super, yeah. Did you ever watch Webster? Did I? Yes. Yeah. So I had the ma'am. My friend called it. I basically had ma'am's haircut at oh, 25. I'm forgetting what her hair looked like. It was just this short, kind of a little spiky on top. But mine wouldn't really spike on top because it was too curly. So it just uh-huh. sort of grew upwards like sort of uh, like a mushroom. <laughs> and I mean, I did. I easily he, look I easily look younger now than I did then, which is fine now. But when I was 25, it was awful. Everyone thought I was 40. And I had mm-hmm. no idea why while I was sitting there with my, like, really bad short <laughs> haircut and my, like, you know, fake nails. Oh, I was bad. It was all bad. So you moved out here after college to yeah. pursue your dreams? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, do, I, I wanted to do stand-up. I wanted to – I really wanted to act. And so – I don't know that I knew that I was going to be, I mean, I was always writing, but I don't know that I knew that I was going to end up doing it for a job. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking thank God thrilled that I did. Cause it's really where most of my, you know, work has come from, you know, especially for like doing stand up or something. I mean, you are writing your own stuff as that is, but, um, yeah, I always just wanted to do it. I didn't really have a really good reason why I don't really know. I had a great uncle who was, uh, he used to travel with Bob Hope and he was this comedian and that's cool. So sometimes I'm like, maybe there was just something in that. I have no idea. I mean, it's not like I ever met him or hung out with him. I knew about him and I knew I watched his movies and I thought it was really cool. Um, But that was kind of it. But I always just like I would act out soap operas in my bedroom when I was like six. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, not the kissing part because I was alone, but (laughs) just, you know, the other parts. And um, so I always just said I was going to do it. And so how did it go when you first got out here? You lived in Orange County at the beginning, right? Yeah. My dad lived there. And so I lived – and that was in Yorba Linda, which is a, a – there's a Nixon library there and that's about it. Um, <laughs> I worked at a bar in Brea and then – Isn't uh, – aren't you – are you from Brea or Diamond Bar, Gary? Diamond Bar. Oh. Close right, But though. I spent plenty of time in Yorba Linda as a kid. Yeah. yeah. sports and stuff. And but did, she's right. There's nothing out there except for that library. Yeah. And they're weird. And my dad lived around like a – there was like a fake lake kind yeah. of. And then all the houses looked the same. And mm-hmm. I would drive was, right past his. If you ever watched Weeds, 
your yes. window looks a lot like the neighborhood at the beginning of that show. Yeah, that's true. Very it might be. Cutter. Yeah. <laughs> and then did you ever hang out at Hoff's Bar and Grill in Brea? No, I my parents moved me out of there when I was like freshman in college, high school. Oh, okay. So I never I still go back to Diamond Bar and stuff to go to the dentist ridiculously, but that's really I understand the only that. Back there. Yeah, I understand not wanting to find a new dentist. And just... uh, there's a family friend. They're going to retire in two years. Then what are you going to do? Six months. Then I'll find somebody up here. I'm not worried about finding another dentist, but I don't want to like offend these people. It, this, these people have been my dentist since 10 years before I was born. They were my family's dentist. So. See, I would do that, but even not because I don't want to offend them. I would just be I would, out of like sheer comfort for well, myself. Yeah, that yeah. Oh, like, that's me with every, every, like when I was living in New York, I would still go to doctors out. I would just like, I used to refer to it as getting serviced. Right. <laughs> I would just come back and like do the gynecologist, dentist, like everything. Yeah. Cause you just have to do. Cause it's too, too hard to find new people, but that's not a good way to go through life, but that's just how I am. But I panic about that. Even if I, when I remember li- when I moved from Hollywood to studio city, which is only, you know, a few minutes really. <laughs> but I was like, well, where am I going to go to the dry cleaner? I mean, it's obviously another part of town where there's going to yeah. be a million dry cleaners and a million places to get your nails done. But for a long time, I would drive back to Hollywood and go to my nail place and go <laughs> to my dry cleaners and, you know, until I figured out, you know, that that was stupid. But it was just easier. Whenever I begin, <clears throat> like I recently had a really nice conversation with a pharmacist mm. who he seemed to take an interest in my life. Am I doing anything fun this weekend? You know, um, whenever I begin to like, have actually just any sort of conversation with anyone at a place like that, like at the grocery store, just any place where they recognize me. I really, I feel like, look at, I'm like really living life. I'm my own person and I'm an adult <laughs> and I'm making inroads and I'm setting down roots and I am. Just look at me now. For some reason, I'm so proud of myself in those moments, which is kind of ridiculous. No, I can see that. You just, it makes it's just comforting. Even yeah. just like the, you know, the coffee bean or whatever it is. I, I appreciate that they know what I want when I come in there and it makes me feel doesn't really make me feel like a creature of habit, even though that's probably what it is. <laughs> um, but it makes me feel comforted. I'm like, oh, these are my friends. They're yes. Not. They don't care about me. They know everyone's drink. They're really – they just are smart. <laughs> but then does it make you go, am I just lonely? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I wonder that. Sometimes I'm like – because I always go in alone and I think – I wonder what they are. I wonder if they have a backstory on me. Like I bartended for years and years and I had – a backstory on all the regulars. I mean, that's oh, you different because it's a bar, you know. But I'm sure a lot of mine were correct because they were, you know, you can't really come in at four every day and drink until two unless you really don't have anything else happening. Yeah. Or if you have a, or a huge drinking problem. So, Where did you bartend? Um, I, I was at one place called Mirabelle, which is since they kind of closed down recently, but it was like this really nice on restaurant on Sunset. Yeah. And then I worked at Formosa Cafe. For seven years, which I don't know if you've ever spent any time there. I've I've been by it a bunch. I've never actually been in. It's pretty awesome because it's like old school. It has all this. It's been there since, I mean, the 50s. They had actually the 30s, I think is when it was there. It was like Warner Brothers was across the street. So it had all these all these pictures up of all these huge celebrities that used to come in. Like I mean, Marilyn Monroe was there, like all these, you know. Has all this crazy history. John Wayne used to pass out there, apparently, in a booth. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. But it wasn't like that when I worked there. It was just like me and five local drunks. So, <laughs> But it was a good job. And then I don't, where, I don't know where I read this. Somewhere I read that you had a job calling hotels. 
Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, God, that was the worst. Well, I lived in, and this was, I was living in Hollywood, and this was while I was still bartending, and it was just sort of one of those things where someone was like, oh, here's this job. It's like a secret shopper job for hotels. So you call, you would call hotels, and you had this, and it was always Four Seasons and all these places. So you had this, I'm showing you a form, and I know you're the only one that can see it. I love mm-hmm. acting But it, it's really apart. coming to life for me. I feel, I feel like I am right there watching can you see the form. on the phone. Yeah. Um, so you had this form, and it's it was eight like, by ten, eight <laughs> by yeah, eleven, exactly. Um, and it had like a checklist of all the things that people had to, that the reservation people were supposed to ask you and say and offer and all this stuff. And so you basically would call. You always had to have, you know, a fake name. So just like I combined so many names out of the phone books because after, you know, I do I did probably twenty a week. Oh wow! Yeah, I start kind of running out of ideas, and um, and also you would just get so. I mean, I was calling like the Four Seasons and Hawaii and all these places, and I was like, so sitting in my hot apartment, one bedroom with no air conditioning, and I was like, this is. I really wish I was, you know, Teresa Goldberg or whatever I'm saying my name is today, making a reservation, but it was just like, it was kind. I guess it was kind of. I feel bad, sort of, in retrospect, because it was a job where I was sort of grading what people did and. But I mean, what were, were you trying to determine? Just if they did all the, if they followed the protocol to, for people to make a reservation. And usually they did. Usually they always knew. They always, they, it's like, I'm sure they have it in front of them and they're just, I mean, it's clockwork for them. They do it every day, all day. So it's just, you know, they um, ask you to upgrade. They'll ask you if you're, you know, who you're traveling with. I can't even remember all the questions now. If you want to include breakfast, you know, just like all these. Did anyone mess up? People would mess up sometimes and sometimes in all the weirdest part was you also had to record them. So it was like on a tape recorder. And I remember one time I got in trouble because they said my tape, like there was too much, um, there was a fan going and it was too making too much noise on my tape recorder. And I was like, it's 117 degrees in my apartment. Yeah. It's, you know, July. And so then they would try to make me leave, just sit there with not even a fan on and just sit and it just was a terrible job. I remember when I finally was able to quit it. I think I booked a commercial or something. So it wasn't anything that where I could quit, you know, bartending or quit my, I don't know. I knew people that did that though. They would just book a commercial and all of a sudden they wouldn't have a job anymore. And I'm like, that's scary. Yes. I'm like, it's just one commercial. Like get, don't calm down. Right. But, um, but it was enough to where I knew that for the next few months that it wasn't that much money, this job. It was like $5 a page or something like that. I don't know. Mm. I forget. But it wasn't – it was something that I was – when I was finally able to quit, it was like the greatest day of my life. I couldn't believe I didn't have to call people and record them offering me sweets. <laughs> and then would you call and cancel? Yeah. Then you had to call back and cancel and you also had to do something like a checklist on that too if they did that right. But you had to definitely call and cancel. It was a weird job. Yeah. It sounds like a pain. It is awful. Yeah. I know some people do secret shopping kind of for restaurants and stuff. That sounds much better because you get a meal. Right. Yeah. This and, is just a phone and you're call. out. Yeah. And you get to go out. This wasn't glamorous. Um, were you doing stand up comedy right away? I was pretty, pretty quickly. I, I got into an acting class and then. And is that a, where you met Chelsea? Yeah. We met in an improv class. Chelsea actually. Handler. Yeah. We met in an improv class and we were both kind of bad. At improv, I feel like we both thought that it would be like, oh, well, this is almost the same. It's not the same thing, obviously, at <laughs> all. And um, neither of us had done stand up yet. So I, we, we kind of, I think she did an open mic for the first time, I don't know, a few weeks before I did, three weeks before I did, or something. I went to it, I remember. And then, um, and then she went to mine. And then we did a bunch of open mics after that. I started doing all the local, you know, coffee shops and, 
I did stand up at a Starbucks one time for two people. It was awful. <laughs> they left, you know, all those awful things that you do. <laughs> did you like it right away? I did like it right away. I think I was really lucky. I was at the um, uh, show at the Ice House was like my first, not the main stage, but this annex room that they had. And it was a thing where if you brought people, they put you on stage and, you know, you had to have a few minutes worked out. And so I did. And so my dad, who was all excited, and like my family, so he, him and his friends came. So I had, and all my, all my friends came. So, I mean, I probably didn't have a real good, <laughs> solid gauge on whether or not I did well because it was my friends and they were uh-huh. there being nice. Um, but I'm glad that it went that way because I'm sure if it would have just been a disaster, who knows if I would have ever done it again. Yeah. Um, Gary, could could one of you guys come in and turn the air on? Because um, it is getting hot. And you know what it means when it gets hot? It means that you're going to be taking off more clothes and you don't want to <clears> – <throat> I'm leading into something. I like it. I like you it. can't tell. I like from it. My body language. My, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like, ta-da, you guys. <laughs> uh, you don't want to have all sorts of unsightly stubble and um, and hair and whatnot. I guess stubble would be hair. No, you need the No-No Pro. You guys have heard me talking about No-No for a while now. Um but the Nono Pro is up to 35% stronger. It's more effective, faster, stronger. And the thing that I love about the Nono Pro is that it is absolutely painless. Um, they said that it's painless, and I thought, I don't know about that. I can feel, I can feel everything. Someone gets a paper cut in another room, I can feel it. I'm just that sensitive. Uh, but then I overcame my fears and I tried it and I literally didn't even feel it. So then I was hooked. Uh, the Nono Pro is, it's just a little portable device about the size of a cell phone. You run it along your skin. It show it lights up in a way to show you whether you're, you're doing it correctly and it removes the hair. Totally painless. It, uh, all skin colors, all hair colors, men and women can use it. It's perfect for removing peach fuzz from your face or hair on your neck or back. No more nicks, cuts, ingrown hairs. Um, and it removes – the Nono Pro removes coarse and thick hair more effectively than ever before. So it's an especially great choice for guys. And there's an exclusive offer for you guys, my listeners. Here's what you get. You get the Nono Pro device. You get an exclusive facial kit. You get a very snazzy travel case. Uh, if you order online, you get a free gift card. And the entire purchase is backed by Nono's triple guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them. You don't risk a penny to try the Nono today. Call for details. Terms and conditions may apply. Uh, get the Nono Pro today and never shave again. So here's how you get it. Uh, go to nonoprobestfriend.com or call 800-336-1665. Again, that's nonoprobestfriend.com or call... Eight hundred three three six one six six five. Okay, um, so you were doing stand up comedy, and then, and you were friends with Chelsea. Yeah. How yeah. did you end up on Chelsea lately? Um. So, like, I guess it was so many years later, but we just, um, you know, she got her show. God, I think we were twenty two when we met, and I think she got it, which is I don't know, seven years ago or something. It's been on for seven years. Um. And at first I wasn't on it at all. It was like, I mean, she was bringing, at first they had one comic, but then they also had um, like a random, like an Us Weekly person mm-hmm. and then like a rant, like a Scott Bayo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. That, yeah. Yeah. They sort of did a rant. And then they finally, I think once they figured out it should all be comics, that's when more comics obviously got to do it. Um, so I did it once and luckily it went well. Um, you know, I think that what she obviously does is 
put, you know, especially at the beginning, would put, give them your name and, and they would tr- figure out if they wanted to book you and then they would. But and then it was up to you, obviously, to not suck. Um, and I remember being really nervous because I just didn't want to let my friend down by any means. And luckily it went well and it was fun. And then it was about a year after that they offered me a writing job there, which was cool because um, I just I started with just doing stuff for her, like just her blogs and stuff um, for the website when they first hired me. And then that pretty quickly everyone figured out, like, why are we like we don't need to do blogs for the website. Really know who's reading these, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on E. I don't know if anyone's going and reading quick anyway. Um, so then they hired they changed into that. I was full time writing. So it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long ago was that? Um, I have such a bad concept of time. Sometimes I don't know if something was four. I think it was four years. I think I wrote on there for four years because then I left there last June, end of June. Um, just as full time writing, and I'm still so I still do the same round table every couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, how come you left? Just to do that to do my own thing. Yeah, to do (laughs) this podcast because I couldn't get here. By the way, at six fifteen on a Tuesday, if I wanted to, or a Monday. It's not even a Tuesday. It's a Monday, isn't it? Um. When they hear, is. yes, it, it, oh, it, it is it Tuesday. Is, no, it's Monday today, right? I don't know. It's Monday. Sure. Um, see, but that's the beauty. It, but, that's the beauty of not having yeah. a nine to five job. Is sometimes I'm not sure. Um, but you know, and rightfully so, they don't. You know, they didn't want everyone leaving every weekend to perform. Obviously, they wanted. Even though we didn't tape on Fridays, it was like they wanted people there to. You know, we'd come up with sketch ideas or shoot other stuff, and um, and then I sold it. I'm to furrowing you. my brow because I'm like. But, but they shouldn't. I, but I can see why they want to do that. I see Fridays. both ends of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I understand because all of all the writers were stand up. So right, that's why it seems like you, you sometimes they'd be like, "Well, everyone's gone," but then we go, "Well, but we always get everything." You know, so yeah. it's kind of, I could see both sides of it. Um, you were saying you sold a. Something. And I sold a show to um, Happy Madison, to Adam Sandler's company. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, it didn't end up getting – I mean, it's, I sold it and then we sold it to NBC and then it didn't end up getting made into a pilot. But it was awesome. And I think when that started, I just was like, okay, I can – you know, a lot of people were doing stuff with her production company and stuff. And I just – I felt like I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to sort of tie my – self to my friend forever you know it didn't seem I don't want to ask that of her nor did I want to I just sort of wanted to I always kind of try to do my own thing while mm-hmm. I was there um, as, but also obviously wrote did my job and well so I feel like there just came a point where it was like well you you almost have to choose now what you want to do do you want to stay writing here and I kind of figured she probably you know might not do the show another 10 years. And so well, you were sure wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right. Um, so it, I think it was just sort of a decision of like, and it was the best thing was it was sort of perfect. They, nobody they're letting, I still do the round table just as much. So as far as, you know, me still being on the show and feeling like I'm part of it, I completely am. So I'm just not there nine to five anymore. And what's your show that you sold? It was based on my book and, um, I was really excited about it. It was like, Actually sold it twice. The first time I sold it, um, uh, it was a di- it was you know two different ideas both times. But the first time it was a little more of a mess. It was like I had never sold a show and I had never written a pilot, so it was like the idea was sort of a little more all over the place. And it was kind of just this woman who is growing up in Arkansas and she hasn't really done anything with her life yet. So it was like sort of leaving me in Arkansas, almost like well, what if you were still in Arkansas and you were mm-hmm. and you know I think it was thirty three or 34 or 35 when I sold it, something like that. So it was like, what if you're still in Arkansas? But then I feel like 
because I wasn't, it was like we were faking this, you know, I mean, which is fine. Obviously not everything has to be hundred percent honest, but so it just didn't feel like it really, it was, I was proud of what came out of it, but it just didn't really feel right. And then the next year we resold it with a new idea um, that the showrunner came up with, with me that was um, where I was going to be this like huge ESPN, you know, sportscaster that basically got caught in a locker room with like a Tim Tebow or something and had to move back to Arkansas because to, you know, to like cover local sports. And so basically I had this like great job and then I get sort of like shamed back to my hometown and everyone knows what happened because it was like on YouTube. And I thought it was a really fun idea and kind Mm -hmm. of different and, um, you know, and like going from, I don't know, I like sports. My dad was a sports editor. So I sort of liked that, that part of it. Um, and it was really, you know, I mean, I, I think it, it, it got close, you know, according to them at NBC, who knows what the real uh, truth is, but you know, they said that it got really close, but it was just, it was also, that was the year before last and, um, a few comedian, like female comic shows, unfortunately that they had didn't do well. And I think that they just get on, they're like, no, no women this year. No, no, this, this year. And who were the ones that didn't do well? Well, I think that was the year, like, uh, even though I think it was great, like Whitney's show oh. didn't do well. And I think they put a lot into that because it was there, it was NBC studios and all this stuff. And even though that's, it happens, you know what I mean? But obviously, but I think the minute something, and I'm not pinning this on her, by the way, <laughs> just saying that I know the mindset of like something like that happens. Networks just go, oh, well, those aren't working this year. So no more. And I'm like, well, this has nothing to do with me being a female comedian. Hers didn't have anything to yeah. do with her. You know, hers was like, like, but I think they just get stuff in their heads or they just hated the script. And that's also very possible. I'm sure it was not that. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it was not that. Although I know that I would be given to that insecurity as well. But yeah, I was that one I was proud of. I think the first one I was kind of like, mm, I'm not sure that this was that good. But the second that's the show that we sold the second time was was really good. It was funny. But, um, you know, I'll just sell another one. Yes, sure. <laughs> I mean, I hope so because I left my job. No, <laughs> but no, I think that's kind of the reason. I mean, you have to sort of um, figure out, you know, how long I think you can stay at something until it just sort of seems like it was tapping out, mm-hmm. you know, and and like, okay, or is am I doing everything I want to be doing if I'm still here? And I don't know. I'm not that. I'm not a great nine to five person. I don't think either. Even though I fit right into it because I'm that type of personality. Like I'll just fit right into whatever it is I'm doing, and all of a sudden I'll be up at you know six in the morning, and then I'll then I'll I was packing lunches and shit. Like, <laughs> it was like so <laughs> unlike me. But um, yeah, so I guess I can kind of adjust to whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's been fun since I've gone because now I've been on the road a bunch, which is good for my stand up. And I sold it. You know, when I sold a book deal, I was like knowing that I'm going to go on tour next year for my book. So I just really wanted to be performing more too. And that was definitely something that was harder to do there. Yeah. Yeah. How did you meet your boyfriend? Um, on Twitter, speaking of people following you on Twitter and uh, this is funny. Um, so he plays for the Seahawks and he, um, Ross Matthews, you know, Ross Matthews. Yes. He's a huge Seahawks fan, which is just funny. He's just like a giant, huge Seahawks fan. So he was at, the NFC Championship game, which was in Janu- January, um, fo- the one football, the one sport I'm not great at, by the way, is football. And of course, now no, that's you're right. Uh, yeah, okay, that's right, right. I got that. So he was Ross was there, and John, my boyfriend, he went up to him and he was like, "Hey, can you introduce me to Sarah Colonna? I have a big crush on her." Oh, and so Ross said, um, "Just tweet us, just tweet us both, and then I'll tell her." Because Ross, I don't think, took it seriously, and so then I see this tweet from him and. 
I just happened to see it, and and uh, and then obviously I was like, oh, I don't know who that is, and then I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, he's cute. This is funny. I didn't th- I didn't think anything of it. I was like, it's a flirt, no big deal. And it was the week of the Super Bowl. He was like, finally sent me a private mess, you know, a direct message, and was like, this is my number, and this is awkward, but I just would like to take you out sometime when I'm, you know, not playing in the Super Bowl, basically, and so. Aww. After that, we heard from him all that week, which I was shocked about because I just figured, you know, I didn't expect to hear from him while he was dealing with that. And um, and then after that, he ended up coming up to L.A. to bring his kid, well, to Anaheim to bring his nieces and nephews to Disneyland. And then he was like, I'm in town. Can I take you out? And we actually, we just really hit it off. So. Oh, that's really yeah. sweet. So how long, and you go- how long have you guys been together now? I guess since then. It's like a li- beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see each other a lot, though, even though he lives in Seattle. In the off-season, he lived in Phoenix, and I would, I was going there for spring training, so I would see him a couple times, um, which is the baseball. I don't know if you're into baseball or not, so I know I'm just talking. I, I'm not super into sports, yeah. but I do know what spring training yes, is, actually. Yes, okay, there you go. I just you just soak up some knowledge from being in yeah. the studio. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, I guess yeah. so. Um, <laughs> so the, the bare minimum. <laughs> So, um, so I saw him a couple of times then. And then when we decided, you know, we were just really hit it off. So he's, he went to New York when I was performing and then Dallas when I was performing and I went there Memorial day and he's coming here this weekend. So it's oh. like, it's been kind of good. We can sort of see each other again, as much as I travel or as, as, as like what I was saying in the beginning where it's hard to sort of meet someone, which totally threw a, a wrench in my book, by the way, I was like, well, now I met up with someone. This is like, I have to actually say that in this book because I don't want to, you know, I want it to be honest. So I was like, oh, this ending is totally different than I thought. Um, but it's, uh, it's almost like I met someone that kind even though obviously it's a very different career, it's sort of the same in the sense of traveling and not really having a ton of time for socializing and meeting new people and stuff. So it's almost like we both just sort of, I don't know, understand it about each other and does he have any qualms about you talking about him on stage or anything like that no i don't think so i mean it's funny so far i don't really have material about him or Mm -hmm. you know i think you have to takes a while because at first i think everything's cute and then (laughs) and then when things start to become a little funnier but um so far i don't really have but i mean i talk about him you know openly and so he does me as well and um, but he definitely won't have any, which is a, a something that I had a hard time with before. My ex boyfriend was like, "We're together five years," but he was just uncomfortable with everything. And it's not like I'm going to stand up and reveal, you know. Most of if I have anything to talk about on stage, I talk about it from my perspective and, right. and about myself. And I'm not up there ripping on, to, you know, ripping into other people by any means. Um, but my ex boyfriend was like not good with that stuff. He was terrible at all of it. So. This is so much nicer. And you were with him for five years? Yeah. It takes me a while sometimes <laughs> <laughs> to figure out. I mean, it was back and forth a little bit. And I saw moments of him being supportive. But I think for the most part, you know, he was a writer too. And also our relationship really fell apart when I got the job on Chelsea. How come do you think? I think it was hard for him that I had a full-time writing job and he didn't, you know. And to put it bluntly, I mean, I feel... I know I would like to say it was more I mean there was more to it than that obviously just in our relationship probably but it definitely he was not comfortable with it you know at all and it made him uncomfortable when we would go to you know like parties that Chelsea would have or anything and you know she's very generous so she would I opened for her one New Year's Eve and in Connecticut and this was like probably I don't know I guess five years ago or something and um maybe four and she 
she was like going to fly us while I was meeting her in Connecticut. It was opening for New Year's Eve. She was paying me really good money because it was New Year's Eve. And um, and then afterwards, she was like, I don't know if we're going to – she was dating 50 Cent at the time. So she was like, I don't know if we're going to go to 50 Cent's house or if we're going to go to – She would to- refer to him as 50 Cent. Yeah. <laughs> she, I think she did. But didn't she? Maybe she called him Curtis. I think it depended on the day um, <laughs> and her mood maybe. Um and then she was like, I don't know if we're going to go hang out with him or if we're going to go to maybe there was like a possibility of going to the Bahamas. There was all these ridiculous things. She's like, or we might just go out to L.A. And I was like, OK, you know, and she's flying us on a private plane. So and he was just like, well, so we just have to go by what she says. And I was like, no, we don't have to. But I don't fucking see why we won't. Like, it sounds nice. They to all me. sound like good. They're options. all good yeah. options. She's being generous. And I'm not saying that we have to bow down and do, you know, I feel like he took everything sort of like, I was like, well, I could have just, I could also not have this job and we could fly commercial to New York and I don't know, do whatever it is you want to do that. I still haven't figured out what it was. Like he had no plan. He had no, nothing that he was like wanting to do that. This was ruining. He just didn't want to accept that we had this opportunity and I think that it came through me. Yeah. Yeah, If that makes sense. Like it's not as if we did stuff like that, believe me all the time or any, by any means, but it was like, that's just the first example I can think of, of him being sort of, I know now that my boyfriend now would be like, that sounds, whichever one sounds good. Do you think it was a male, female, like as a woman, you were having more success than he was, or do you think it was just career competition? He wasn't where he wanted to be in his career. He definitely wasn't where he wanted to be. Um, and when we met, I was just bartending and he, he was, and he was still, he's a very successful voiceover artist. He was doing really well. You can make, I didn't even know you could make that much money doing voiceover. I was like, really? But I think the dynamic of him sort of always having, you know, being the one with the money or something, um, did feed part of his ego. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know that he I know that in his heart, it was happy for me to not be having to be bartending anymore and and whatnot. But I think I don't know. I'm not answering it right. But I think it's a combination. I think it was a combination of both. I think he was he's definitely not where he wanted to be in his career. Um, but he was also somebody who thought he would sell a script that if somebody walked by, I guess they were supposed to knock on his door. I mean, yeah, he worked really hard at writing, <sighs> but it was just set on his fucking computer. So, you know. So I don't know what exactly. He wasn't necessarily the best at being proactive. He, right. He would try to be and then something would get, you know, shot down and then he would like send him into a hole for a while. And so he was good at being proactive for like a period and then it, until things didn't go well and then he would take it back. So, um, yeah, I guess it was a combination of both because I definitely think, you know, that still happens. Unfortunately, guys are still like, mm, uh, this is, makes me feel weird if you're doing okay. It's not like I was, you know, making millions of dollars and throwing it around and he just, you know, could go golf all the time if he wanted. It wasn't like, it was just, I was just doing better than when he met me. Right, right. Um, okay, so you were at, so Jen Kirkman was on this podcast and talked about um, a crazy story involving her wedding, mm-hmm. and you were saying that it was funny for you to listen to it because you were at the party. Yeah. So I want to hear your take on it because um, she got drunk and was like horrendous to everyone. But first, I want to tell everyone about Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items, and we were just talking about how awesome subscription services are. Um, so yeah, it's, it's geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. 
Uh, Loot Crate is like a friend who knows what you love and surprises you with an awesome present every month. I love this. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Um, And Loot Crate guarantees $40 plus in value in every crate. So it's a pretty nifty value-packed crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. And each month is a different theme. All items are curated around that theme. And themes are inspired by major movie and video game releases, as well as pop culture franchises. So some previous crates have included items like stuff from Star Wars or Marvel, The Walking Dead, Legend of Zelda, and many more. So it's the kind of stuff that you'll get. Um, So you guys need this. Head over to Loot Crate, L-O-O, excuse me, Loot Crate, L-O-O-T-C-R-A-T-E dot com slash best friend and enter the code best friend to save 10% on any new subscription. So again, that's lootcrate.com slash best friend and then enter the code best friend once you're there to save 10% on any new subscription. Okay. So let's hear about the crazy Jen Kirkman story from your your point of view. Well, it's funny when I was listening to it, too, because I felt like the whole time she started to tell you about it, she kept saying, so then, you know, she was like, let me throw you this wedding. She kept referring to it as a wedding, but I was like, it was just a, it was a party. So at first, I think when I was listening to her, I was like, I think you need to tell her it was a party because she's going to be like, Chelsea threw you a wedding? Like, that sounds crazy. Yes, it did sound like that. (laughs) Yeah. But so it was this party and it was on the roof at at this this condo where Chelsea lived in the arena. And um, it's funny because I didn't see her yelling at um I, know, I remember i think she said she like got drunk and yelled at um someone about their music or, or someone asked her about her music and she was like don't tell me what to play or something which i could totally see her doing <laughs> um i don't remember seeing that exactly but there was a point when we i, I remember her talking about this on your podcast she, we all went downstairs or something and they were like they were bringing stuff in and jen i did i was standing next to her at one point when she was like what do, what do they think we're going to steal all this shit? And I was like, I don't think so. I think they're just putting it away because I think the party's like over up here and then we're going to go down into Chelsea's house where she's having like more of a party, but I guess not with, you know, not the whole party or whatever. Like people were leaving because the roof was closed and then she right. was like telling the writers to stay around or whatever if they wanted. And um and obviously Jen. But so Jen couldn't I, – I think it was her cell phone. It was either her cell phone or her keys. If she was looking for her keys, it wasn't to drive, so don't worry. But <laughs> I'd like to put something away. But I think she was looking for a cell phone, if I remember correctly. It doesn't really matter because she doesn't remember. So I could just make up whatever. Right. <laughs> her vibrator. Um, her vibe. She was looking for a vibrator. And um, so she was like – she was trying to get her ex-husband to help her, or her husband at the time, obviously, to help her find – her keys and, or I mean her car, her phone, Jesus. And so she was like, I lost my phone. And she was like yelling at him to help her. And then I got into, we were in an elevator together and she was like talking to me as if he wasn't there. And she's like, you know, I just wanted to help me find my phone. I got drunk. He was supposed to help me, which, you know, and I heard her tell you that he was, he should have looked out for her. If you right. asked, just do it. Like, obviously she said, I took a clonopin. This party might be a nightmare. <laughs> You know, just help me out. Um, and he was like, you're on your own. So that's not the best. I mean, maybe you didn't want to babysit. But, you know, sometimes if someone's asking you ahead of time, that right. means shit's going to go down to yeah. me. If you can foresee it coming, <laughs> then you might as well chime. You know, I would be like, I'll babysit you. Um, so I remember her in the in the elevator asking him, you know, why couldn't he help her find her phone, blah, blah, blah. And then she went back up to try to look for it. And then, and then he and then I was like trying to tell her, I said, let's just go into Chelsea's 
you know, place and we'll find the phone. Someone will find it at the end after they clean up or whatever. And then she's, <laughs> and then she started telling me that, that she, he couldn't help her find it because he had Asperger's. <laughs> Which made no sense. And she knows it made no sense. And uh, I don't think he does. I think it was just something she was trying to. She was like, you don't understand. And he was, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she clearly didn't either. She was just basically saying that nobody, you know, in this in this moment that she needed some assistance, it wasn't happening. And she was giving me a reason why. And it was, she was making up the reason. Mm. I'm pretty, pretty positive. Um and it was, I mean, it was, I think she thinks it's worse, though, than it was just because she doesn't remember. And I think there's nothing worse than that feeling. Yeah. Of like, what did I do? Yeah. And I know that she was saying people were, you know, calling her saying, well, we're not going to tell you what happened. I didn't really see everything. So I only knew that. And I told her that. And she laughed at me because it was so ridiculous. Like, she thought that was funny. But that wasn't really around everybody. Um, and... I, you know, we, I think the biggest problem is like we've all seen, you know, everyone there has done something ridiculous, meaning one of the writers or whatever. Um, and you just, you don't, it's just a rumor. You just don't live it down for a while. Like they love nothing more than to just <laughs> give you hell for having an embarrassing night until the, someone else has one and then it's on them. So I think, um, I think that that was probably the worst part for her, but I don't, I feel like it's worse in her head than it was, but it was definitely, I was definitely like, I don't think this is, I don't think this is good. I don't think they're, I don't think her and her, you know, you could tell husband, that. Night, yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't feel like they're, you know, I think the, that kind of stuff only comes out because you're both, you were so stressed, but maybe not for a good reason, you know, cause I, if you can't have fun, it's, but you know, I feel like there was, there was the definitely kind of the writing was on the wall. Right. Yeah. So was, what, what are your things that people have not let you live down? Hmm. Shoot, I can't even think of. I'm sure there's plenty. I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of something at the like at the show. I was always good at the show and stuff. I never really, I knew better than to do anything. And but sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes you just have too much to drink or whatever. Especially you think you're around your friends and then the next day, all you do is get shit. I think for the most part, I just got like razzed about my my ex boyfriend. Like you know, it took me a long time to break up with him. We went back and forth a couple of times. So for the most part, at work and stuff, it was like it was just that they love to give me a hard time about um, dating and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So probably more than anything that, uh, but then I was also, once I was out of that relationship and I did kind of see someone for a little bit and I started to bring him around and then I went, no, no, this is, it's best. They just don't know anything about your personal life. You know, I would try to keep most of that stuff from, all of them, <laughs> even Chelsea, because I know she's trustworthy. But if she comes, you know, she wants it to come out of her mouth, then it, then it does. Yeah, then it, sometimes it comes out. So, yeah, I guess I don't have. A, I wish I had a good story for you for that. That's okay. Maybe you're just savvy. Yeah. Or probably. I'm sure they'd be like, oh, we'll tell you 20 stories <laughs> that she didn't, <laughs> that she couldn't think of. Yeah, I'll just get Jen back on. Yeah, exactly. Tell a story. Yeah. Um. All right, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder I really like your music. Thank you. I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Music is courtesy of Trap Dog, a.k.a. Tom Rap. Okay, Rich Bryant says, Today I used the bathroom without my iPhone, was done in 90 seconds, and thought, Oh, it doesn't actually take 26 minutes to do number two. Just me or everyone. Yes. Except that even without my phone, I can let a lot of time elapse while I'm just like sitting there 
lost in thought or not really. Sometimes I can, sometimes I have to be like, really? Go, like, make, make this happen. You're just sitting there. Oh, I'm the opposite. I'm in and out of the bathroom so quickly. Like, I'll, especially if I go to the girl, like, use a girl's bathroom at a restaurant or something. My, you know, my boyfriend or my friends or whatever, they're like, how are you? I don't understand how you're out already because I'm like, I'm in and out. I don't like to be in the bathroom very long. Do you take quick showers as well? I do take quick showers. Do you? No. Um, they're actually not. I feel like they're on. I mean, maybe a shower where I'm washing my hair and stuff is maybe like 10 minutes. I don't know if that's is that faster is that I think that sounds reasonable. Yeah. I think my yeah, when I have to if the hell, if the whole situation has to happen if you got to <laughs> shave the legs, wash the yeah. hair, I think 10 minutes is probably. I still think I'm probably even shorter than that. I might I don't I'm, I do everything very quickly. It's sort How of come? I don't know. I don't know what my problem is, but I'm always in a rush. I I walk very quickly. Oh, I do too. Um but I don't realize I'm doing it. So oftentimes, like when Daniel and I go to walk, Oliver, that's our dog, um, Oliver is always very slow at the beginning because he likes to sniff everything and has to go to the bathroom and stuff. And Daniel always is like, you have to slow down because he, you know, Oliver cannot keep up. And I don't even realize that I'm just like power walking. Yeah. I just always do that. Yeah. No, I get called out on that a lot too. I get like my friends. I used to go hiking with one of my friends who's, she's much she's probably like 5'11 she's a tall girl with really long legs and she would always be behind me and she's like I don't understand how you walk so fast where are you what where are you going and I'm like I don't know it's a hike let's just get this over with you know like but yeah, I do I, just, I find t- strolling to be difficult <laughs> yeah I do too I'm not interested yeah so all right Kara Becca says whenever I send a package I wonder if someone could use my fingerprints from the packing tape to frame me for a crime ooh I've never thought of that but um, sometimes I wonder if I have to tape something, like if I'm sending something and I tape it, and then if one of my hairs gets stuck in it, which oftentimes happens, I don't know why. I think I just shed hair and yeah, that happens. This. But I always think, how gross is that for them to find just a black hair stuck in tape? Yeah, and that's not, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that one's not good. Right. Um, I don't. Yeah, I've never thought about someone using my fingerprints for packaging tape. But that's now you will. can they. I don't think so. No. I hope not. To frame you? I mean, that's a Yeah, that we would have a huge problem with that because a lot of people... Use tape. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Can says, when walking down the street, I feel uncomfortable or awkward if I have nothing to carry and no pockets to put my hands in, just mirror everyone. Well, where's your phone? Your phone? I mean, I actually feel... I would prefer to have nothing to carry. Yes, I would too. I mean, I'm making sure that I'm reading this correctly. Nothing to carry. Yeah, no. So he wants yeah. either. So he he feels uncomfortable if he doesn't have anything in his hands. Well, carry no. my purse if you yeah. see me, Dominic. So <laughs> that's what you can do. Same. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love not having anything to carry. It's so freeing. I love when it's cold enough that I can wear my coat because then I can just use the pockets in my coat. And then I actually, do- I mean, depending on where I'm going, I might not have to carry a purse. Oh, that's the and best. I- yes. I love that. Somebody one time gave me something that you could put in your bra that you could put like your credit card and driver's license in and it would fit into your bra and like hold it there. I believe it was called the rack trap. <laughs> I believe it was. <laughs> if I, um, but you can't for like going out that to clubs. uncomfortable, yeah. I know. And it, it seems like a good idea. But then I'm like, well, you still need your phone and your keys usually. Right. So I would, And you're I still <clears throat> reaching into your bra. Yeah. So I don't think you could reach into your bra for your phone or your keys. But I would like – I mean I can't bring back the fanny pack I don't think. But I would like for <laughs> something to happen that I don't have to carry yeah. anything. Mike Dern- 
Dearmond says, "I end up on someone's Facebook page, see something old I want to like, but don't because then they'll think I've been creeping." Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm always just in, and I think everyone, I think this is in everyone, but just in fear of accidentally liking something that I I don't want the person to know I was on their page. Yeah. 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 That's definitely, especially something old, because then it's like, well, why were you, you know, 10 posts ago? Why right. didn't you just Looking see my that ex girlfriend or whatever? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. That's A totally friend creepy. of mine was showing me the Facebook profile of this guy that she had just started dating. She ended up marrying him, so it turned out fine. But they just started dating at the time, and I think she was a little bit concerned about his ex-girlfriend, and she was showing me a picture of – I'm shuddering thinking about it – of like his ex-girlfriend. It was an old picture, and I was looking at it, and it was an iPod Touch. Oh, yes, my God. iPod Touch, and I didn't – I had a BlackBerry. I didn't really know the touch. I did, it was just like trying. I'm like, how do I? How do I? And I accidentally liked it. And we were, but it, from her account. Oh. So I felt so, so bad. What did so she ba- do? Was she just dying? <sighs> yes, That's she hilarious. was. I'm, try- I'm trying to remember how she explained it. I-, I know that it ended up like we were kind of worried for nothing. But like he didn't care. I, can you unlike something? Maybe we unlike you it fast. Can, I think you can. And I think then, that's what we did. Maybe. Yeah. So I guess maybe if, it didn't. But you'd think that would still send an email. But maybe. But I guess not on Facebook. I don't get notices for people just liking stuff on Facebook. I think it depends how you have your settings. Yeah. Maybe. So if she's one of those people that wants like how she if she knows about everything, then it might say that. Yeah, it might. But if you can. I don't know. I feel like I want to go test that now because I have I have definitely done a little uh, creeping um, yeah. on my ex on my boyfriend's ex girlfriend's pages. Just a couple, just curious. I was just kind of curious about one. What she look like? And I thought, God, and like I remember thinking, like God, could you imagine? Like if I accidentally liked something and then I just got off. It's like I can't. This is too stressful. I don't even care. Yeah, I, don't I even know. Care. I just won't even look at her. Who cares? It, so I think that's there should everyone. be there should be a, like a creep mode where you can just disable any sort of accidental likes or t- anything like that. I bet there is. There probably is. Yeah. Right. We need to find it. Mackenzie Conkey says scrolling Amazon using your banner for my next ebook is simultaneously exciting and nerve wracking. Hashtag anxiety. Hashtag picking children. Hashtag JMO. Just me, everyone. Um, I well. Sometimes when there's a lot of choices, I find a lot of options to be nerve-wracking because I want to consider all of them. But I'm I'm not – I wouldn't say this is definitely me. No, because I feel like you can – I feel like especially with ebooks, you know that you can sort of just go back and get another one a few days later or something, you know? So I don't think it's me either. I don't think – I mean I do – sometimes I hate having to – pick yeah what i'm gonna start reading maybe because i'm like oh if i have something a couple that i really want to read but again i read fast so (laughs) just like everything so i guess i kind of i don't stress too much because i know i'm gonna need a few if that makes sense i have a question for my listeners because i was trying to remember this at some point on the podcast i said to someone God, I hope it was this podcast because otherwise it's not, you guys aren't going to be able to come up with it. I said to someone that it was a shame that I hadn't read – like I don't read books as much as I used to. And this person said, can I recommend one to you? And I said yes. And then they told me and it was like a fast read. I think they said – I feel like maybe it was Greg Proops or maybe it was Damashek. I don't think it was Damashek. Anyway, listeners, I'm wondering if – does this? do you have any recollection of this? I want to say it was Burt Kreischer for some reason. 
Well, I think he did recommend a book recently, and I think it was Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Yeah. But I think this was – someone was recommending a fiction book. Yeah, I don't I, – I recall that it happened. Yes. But Go for it, remember. listeners. Yeah. If anyone's going to remember, it's going to be them because it's not going to be me because well, I can't do, remember. Well, if they do, tell me what now because yeah. I'm curious. I know. I feel like the person like sold it really – it was like this is a really good – maybe historical fiction. Maybe I was saying I don't read historical fiction. Anyway, let us know if you know, listeners. All right. Ashley Kirk says, just mirror everyone. When someone replies to my text with a single word and or single emoticon, I think, was that necessary? Um, oh, like if they just say, okay. I, see, that was not where I thought she was going with that. I thought she was going to assume if it's just a single word that like, oh, is the person upset about something? Right. That's what sometimes I know. Either I'll think that sometimes or like I know if I write like K quickly back to someone, people like, why do you say K? Don't K me. And I'm like, oh, well, that just means I'm in a hurry. Or like, driving. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not that I would ever um, text and drive. But uh Hmm. Yeah, I guess it is like, was that necessary? But then it's better than no. I think no response is is more rude. Yeah. All right. Here's a question. A text etiquette question. I don't know why. For some reason, I feel I always I always feel like maybe I'm not on the same page as everyone else. So I was setting up um, getting lunch with someone today and then. I took a shower. So I took like – there was a big gap in between when – because we were like going back and forth having a conversation. But also like trying to figure out when to have lunch. Um, But then I took a shower. So I took a while to write back. But I wondered since we were kind of going back and forth if I should have been like, um, you know, I'm going to hop in the shower. So it may be – like should I have said even though we are rapidly responding to each other's texts right now, I'm going to disappear for a while. 10 minutes. No, I think no, because I think yeah, Not unless it's minutes, like actually. unless yeah. it's like a 4-hour shower thing. Right. No, no, no but, but it actually think- was like it was probably like an it was longer. Than, I'm, I'm joking because I blew dry my hair right. and then I walked the dog and it was like longer than that. Like, it took a while. I'm just wondering, no, should I have? If, no, okay. if it's not pressing, I don't think so. I think only if it's like, I mean, if it's like your husband and all of a sudden you just disappear and you right. guys have been talking about something specific, you know, but I don't think so because I feel like, I feel like I used to think that and I'd be like, well, what, where'd that person go? And then I, now that I, you know, um, realize like you could be driving you could be you know you can't right okay yeah i don't think you should have yeah i think there's i think people get that there's all sorts of reasons why you someone drops off of a conversation the question is whether you ever there's ever a need to announce why you're dropping off the conversation if the converse if the question if it wasn't just setting up lunch and if it was like so do you think <laughs> I should break up have with you, him? Yes, yes, exactly. Or yeah. have you noticed a weight gain in me lately or something like that? Then you got to answer right away because then they're going to be like, clearly. That's actually one of the worst things is and I not, I can't remember the example, but I know that there's been a time that I've like gotten out of the shower and then I'll look at my phone because that's the first thing I do when I get out of the shower. Mm-hmm. And it's like the person had asked a question where they could read into my silence. You know, like, but do you think it's bad that this happened? Right. And, and then like, that's, well, then you just go, sorry, it's in the shower. It's yeah. not bad. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. But I wonder if they've been sitting there and being like, ah, okay. Mark says, I know it's time to go grocery shopping when my options for dinner are canned tuna or canned tuna. Just me or everyone. Well, yes, except that I'll go grocery shopping before that. I will too. Um, and, and I'll usually have like too many jars of spaghetti sauce and no meat. That's when I usually know it's time to go. Like I run out of fresh product and just have right. – Yeah. But I usually go before that too. Here's one of the most frustrating <laughs> – the most frustrating – not really. 
But a frustrating thing that just happened is getting home from the grocery store and then realizing that that thing that you didn't think you need, you did need. Like, Uh, oh, great, a splash of milk. And I was right by the milk. Yes. And you think, no, no, I have that. Yeah, Yeah, that happens to me a lot. I don't because I don't make lists. No, I don't either. And I think people that make lists are probably smart because you don't ever forget anything. I mean, if you forget to put it on the list, then you're the asshole at the end for sure. But if you just didn't even make a list. And then sometimes you ever bought like stuff and then you wish you made a list because you realize that everything that you put in the grocery cart. Like one time I just went in for a few things and then I wish I would have known what it looked like on paper before I just put it in. I remember I think I I had to buy tampons. I was buying vodka (laughs) and I had to buy two Father's Day cards. So I was like... Okay, so <laughs> someone's looking at me in line right now. Like that's the saddest group of things because you know, yeah. two Father's Day cards and some vodka and you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I just looked. I was like, oh, I should have. If I was written this out, I would have thrown in some turkey or something just right. to mix it up to round it. Up. Yeah, I remember there was one time that I was buying like a lot of tampons and Advil. <laughs> like in just that, I yeah. think. And I was like, this tells a story. Oh, yeah. and toilet paper. That's what it was. I yes. forgot. Yeah. Nobody's messing with you at that point. They're <laughs> like, okay, just go through. Azure Pellegrino says, I bring extra cash with me when I go to a restaurant with my sweet but poor tipping older relatives. I'm trying to think if I do that. No, I don't. But um, trying to think if I've ever augmented someone's tip. Well, you know, I don't think there's anyone that I dine with frequently where I'm like, this person doesn't tip at all. But I think I would feel tempted to do that. Yeah. I feel, when I go back home in Arkansas, that one of my um, relatives said is a is not a good tipper at all. And I waited tables for so many years. So I always, when everybody gets up, I always slip in a few more dollars because I can't possibly live with myself if we yeah. leave. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not. I don't know. Maybe it's not his fault, whatever, but it kind of is. It's like learn what the tipping protocol is now. But so I definitely have done that before. Well, here's a question. If the service isn't good, do you still tip well? I still tip. I usually still tip 20% even if the service isn't good. If it is good, what do you tip? A 25 or 30 so it's not much of a bump, really. From I should probably at least just maybe maybe you should just do fifteen when it's not good at all. I mean, if it's like blatantly bad, where someone's just mean and awful to you, because mm-hmm. I know shit happens, and you know you can't help some things. But if someone's just obviously just, which you definitely get in Los Angeles, a lot of like bitchy waitresses. Yeah. Um, then I guess sometimes I will just do the flat at fifteen, but not low, not lower than that. Right. What do you do? Um, I do. I don't. Do I don't do punitive tipping just because I don't know. I just feel like a dick. Yeah, it makes me feel bad. I can't do it. So. Yeah. So, uh, but I feel like I normally tip 20% if it's a big bill. But if it's small, then I'll just like tip probably a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um. But maybe 20% is 20% not good enough. No, I think 20% is good. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know what you mean. When it's like a $15 check, it's kind of like even even 20% doesn't sound like very much. But right. It's well, still, if it's 15 it's like, then maybe I just leave 20 because it's like... Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Or if it's like 6 then just leave 10 Because it just feels shitty to be like a dollar eighty. Yeah. Know? <laughs> and then ask for the dollar back or something. Yeah, it feels Right. Good. No, not $1.80. 6 would be $1.20 would be 20%. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. 
It doesn't sound like much. You're right. Right. Okay. Danny says, when eating a box of... One time, sorry, I just remember, one time a cab driver threw dimes at me as I got out because I did the math wrong and I gave him a very, very shitty tip. I don't know how I did it, but I... <laughs> but he threw dimes at yes. you? That's amazing. Yes. And then I realized, oh, I must have given him a shitty tip. But yeah, it uh, surprised me. <laughs> oh my God. That's very violent. That's it a really was. Yeah. yeah. He made it hail on you. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty bad. It really, it really angered me, actually, because a dime could hurt someone. It could, I don't think Plus, that's... just so demeaning. Yeah, I don't think that's the way to handle it, to no. throw money at someone. And I felt bad, too, because I just felt like he assumed the worst about me when really it was that I did the math wrong. Right. And, hey, we're talking about, like, a dollar. A difference can, of a dollar you can, or something. And you, you can know? actually say... You can say to some, I've done that. I definitely have done that before when I waited tables. It would be like, I don't know if you meant to leave this blank. And then if they were like, yeah, and then I'd go, okay, <laughs> awesome. And not, Did that ever happen? It happened to me one time. It was like this really big table um, and they were, it was totally blank. And it was like... It was a huge table and they were had come in it was a family and like they definitely got really good service and really good food and everything was fine there was no and it wasn't like like the gratuity included no i don't even remember why but for some reason my my manager wouldn't let me put it in that time usually is but i was but i actually followed this this woman out because i was like you have to be kidding me it was like (laughs) a 300 hundred dollar check or something and I said, I said, hey, you just left the gratuity place blank. I don't know if you meant to do that. She said, yeah, just not today. We can't tip today. That's what she said. Not today. Wow. And I was like, well, then don't go out today. Yeah. And <laughs> Did you actually say that? Yeah. Thought, oh, wow. Yeah. I was so mad. Yeah. Because that's ridiculous. I mean, if I, especially if I had like done something wrong, I could, you right. know, but I, all their food came out on time. Everything. They were never, they were so nice. I was shocked actually because they were so polite that I was right. so surprised. And then she said, not today. Wow. Not today. Yeah. Wow. See, because I was thinking if I if I ever left something like that blank and the person said that, regardless of my intentions, I would be shamed into leaving a tip oh, right I would away. Say, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no, I wouldn't throw again. I wouldn't. <laughs> right. I wouldn't have thrown. Throw dimes? No. Danny says, when eating a box of chocolates, I have to cut a piece in half to see what's in it first. Oh, yes. I think we just talked about this recently on a Thursday show. Yes, and people have a problem with that. Um, I have a problem with your problem. Yeah, I have a problem with their problem too. Uh, the only problem that I can see is that every sometimes I do sometimes like to bite them in half, but then I can't put it back. You can't well, it depends it, who the other person is. Yeah, yeah. If it's like your, yes, absolutely. But like, well, actually, family, I could see, I could see even. It's still kind of gross to pick yeah, up, like to well, open it and be like, what's when this? you see food with teeth marks in it, yeah, a little the, bit. Yeah, yeah, and chocolate always leaves the teeth marks. Right. So usually, what happens is I even if I'm disappointed what I found in the middle I just have to go ahead and eat the other half <laughs> because right. I've already bitten into it of course yeah it's a commitment so I need a knife obviously yeah I feel like this should just be the way we all eat chocolate I mean I get maybe people just enjoy the surprise but no I don't understand too, yeah the, you kind of need to know stakes are too high and even like the ones that you can turn it over and see what's with the, with the legend or and whatever it, t- yeah. it tells you that's still I still don't understand even when I look at that I'm like does that mean it's that one on this I, right. get, I can't even figure it out so I just need to cut mm-hmm. it in half and then I have the thing where I'm like well I don't know do I like walnut flavor in a chocolate I don't know but you know similar, I like to see it yeah similar thing I have is in like a makeup palette like an eyeshadow thing when you flip it over is the name of the one in the top right corner, does that correspond to the shadow that's directly under it, or is it reversed? I don't know. I can't figure that one out. And it also tells you how to put it on, and I still don't know how to do that either. So no. 
No. No. Those those charts don't really help me. But um, you know what does help me? Be entertained all the time. Hulu Plus. Just last night, actually. Um, my So I was on at midnight recently, and my friend said, how do I see it? And I said, Hulu Plus. So I did like my own little spot for my friend, but it was actually just giving him some information. Um, but anyway, with Hulu Plus, you, I mean, you guys know Hulu, but Hulu Plus is more. You can watch current season episodes of your favorite shows, Modern Family, Daily Show, Scandal, Revenge, Gary's old favorite show. Scandal is <clears throat> my current favorite. Scandal is his current favorite. Because you watched I all love of that. Oh, really? You're, you're super into it, too? Oh, my God. I'm so into it. It's, uh, I'm still in the middle of season two. Okay. I won't say anything. It's, it's so good. Yeah. She's bad, right? Is that my, can I say that? I feel yeah. like Carrie Washington's like a, not good in it, but but that's why it's so good. There's all kinds of things about that show that aren't good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yes. like Coyote Ugly. Yes, exactly. Okay, but Hulu Plus is the way to watch it if you uh, if you need to catch up, like I am. I will. I'm going to watch it. I'm yes. going to watch more. You'll never be bored again. You can watch it in your bed. You can watch it in line somewhere. You can my key spot for being super bored out of my brain is. Uh, Getting my car washed, which I don't do often enough, but the reason I don't do it is because I'm always like, it's so boring to just sit there. Uh, but not when you have Hulu Plus. You can just be entertained while you're waiting. You can watch on your computer, smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device you already have. And you get access to originals that you can't get anywhere else. And for only seven ninety nine a month, get your shows anytime, anywhere and right now, you guys, my listeners, can sign up at HuluPlus.com slash Allison or click the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com, and you get two weeks full access completely free. That's a whole extra week more with this special offer. When you sign up at HuluPlus.com slash Allison or the Hulu banner at AllisonRosen.com. And remember to sign up that way so that then they'll be like, oh, look, Allison Rosen sent you. We love her. And that's kind of the whole point, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> All right. Sarah Colonna, thank you so much for doing my show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great getting to know you. Um, people can follow you on Twitter at Sarah Colonna. Yeah. And where else should we go? Um, I have a, my website, sarahcolonna.com, and it has all my tour dates on it. And yeah, at Sarah Colonna, it pretty much all links together anyway, as it is. So for fun and to see who unfollows me one week and <laughs> mortifies me. It's all on Twitter. Yeah, John Stamos, if you're listening, you have a lot of explaining to do. Yes. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, perhaps toilet paper, tampons, Father's Day Father's cards, cards. <laughs> click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. Um, and thank you guys so much for all the Amazon support. It is awesome. We have a special ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Also done by Trap Dog. You need this um, for a number of reasons, but it can be an icebreaker as well. So if you're trying to meet that special someone who also listens to this show, if your phone goes off, someone will be like, oh, my God, you listen to that show? I listen to that show. And then you'll have sex and live happily ever after <laughs> or vice versa, depending on how you want to do your life. Um, you can get that by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. We also have two premium bonus episodes available, Greg Proops and Doug Benson on one of them, and the other one is Doug Benson and Matt Costa and a lot of the Thursday gang. And those are recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. They're each $1.99, but they're easily like $2.13 worth of show. So you can get those in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. And I think that is everything. Thank you again so much for Thank doing you. the show. Thank you for having um, me. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? 
show We had a good time But now we gotta go Thank you for choosing The Alice and Rosen show Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Just as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by NoNo. To get your NoNo and take advantage of the exclusive offer for my listeners, go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. That's nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815.